I only read the one that Corey said to add, and I added it. That was the most boring one. Why'd you read that? Oh, that was that was the first one I saw <laughs> in the chat, so way? I just read it, and uh, I didn't get to Charles, read anything you else. Fell over. What the heck happened? Oh, oh! Now you you're headless, no, and you fell I'm over. No, not. Why is it turning this way? Okay, I'm headless. That's is better. You're back. It looks like you're We're trying to hide your. Uh, you're you're supposed to, to do this before identity. we went live. Gosh, Charles. Well, I, Ryan, what is happening We're in here? pre-show right now. This is okay. Oh, I guess that is pre-show. This pre-show, is pre-show for us. Is Until the, real the show. finger rolls, it's all off record. That's right. Wait, <laughs> it's still on YouTube. That's the only. <laughs> it's not on the no, internet it's anywhere. Off the record. Don't. Oh, don't worry about it. Like, yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Privacy <laughs> predictions. Cisco warrant. Oh, there's the one that Ryan and I joked about, but nobody's gonna. I'm not gonna say that on the record. I'll get canceled. <laughs> we don't have time for it, anyways. Is that all? Uh, there's not enough time for that joke. We'll just say that. Yeah, there's no time for that joke. <laughs> what? How? How's everybody's weekend? Anyone do anything fun? I did. I went to the races. That's right, Ryan. Is how that, was I'm it? I'm sorry. Is that yeah, ha- they, cars, horses, like what? Right, pigs. Like, sporting cars. <laughs> pigs. I was oh, racing wow. pigs. Okay. What kind of sporting cars? You gotta, you gotta be. Sporting sports Imsa. cars. Like, do they just turn Imsa, right yeah. cars? Like, that's no. Not these fun. are road course cars. Ooh, that raced for twenty four hours. Oh, it's a twenty four hour long. That's that's pretty gnarly. That's yeah. right. Uh, at Daytona. Nice. It was at Daytona. Uh, uh, I had, was it? I had did anybody crash? Time. Anybody crash? There's always some crashes. Yeah. yeah. Did anybody crash? Well, I don't know. Like, oh that? my god! I, that's I, like I, being I, like, were any security I, events logged? All weekend? No, no, no. You you know that's a no, right? Come on. Like, there, you look at your sim, it's like zero it events was, collected in the last twenty four hours. Yeah. You're like, we're hacked. We're we're done. <laughs> it was the weekend. They they took the days off. There's no hacks. There was no Finally. hacks. No hacks. Finally. What? No hacks. I mean, hacking on the weekend is cringe, as the kids would say. You never threat hunt on a Friday. Everybody knows that. You don't you mm. do all your documentation. You finish it up, you submit it, you don't look at logs on Fridays. And that's, that's why we have a rule, no hacking on Fridays. No hacking on Fridays, right? Yeah. As it's, yeah. Alex, what'd you do that was so fun? I, you ran the Trace Labs search party CTF. What? Yeah. I have no clue. I'm not in that Discord at all. Maybe I should join yeah, it. Right? What is it? Well, yeah, what so the Trace Labs CTF is the we're using uh convergent volunteers. In order to use open source intelligence to help law enforcement find leads for a uh, missing person, uh-huh. uh, we kind of now, while it is ga- gamified, that's just a vehicle for like the important mission of just generating intelligence. And uh, there's a lot of stuff that can be found out there. Uh, right. I think that's my quick elevator pitch on the spot. But yeah, that was that was fun. I would say like went off without a hitch, but it's like I'm the behind the scenes guy, so it's like there's always something, but nothing extreme, and it's just. Hey, we we evolve and move forward. So there's there's certainly some things that we're going to note, new tools, techniques. We're going to be able to talk to some uh, tool makers and vendors and say, hey, uh, this needs to be clarified because like our uh, teams really found some stuff to to use with your tool. That's fun stuff. Corey and I know nothing about that, so yeah. don't ask. We've never me. competed in any of those. Never events. competed. You never won never. an award from it. Never. No, never. Definitely not. Are we ready to get this started? Oh, we lost BSD. No, you didn't. Should we? Um, oh, he's he's just a, shy. I'm shy and feeling great. Ah, we can nah, see but, you with the Discord. Yeah, I know. Don't, don't dox yourself, man. Like, no, nah, I ain't gonna dox myself. That's nuts. But no, um, you know what? <laughs> don't dox yourself. Cut off the monitor. Let's go. Oh, that's smart. <laughs> do it live. Do that's it live. right, baby. Woo! Where's your teleprompter? Right. Oh, he just Bro. turned it off. <laughs> You turned off your teleprompter. How are you going to know what to say? I just read whatever people say in Discord. I don't actually have any sort of filter or anything. Are you ready, Corey? Yeah, Yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready. Here we go. All right, here we go. Hello and welcome to Black Hills Information Security's Talking About News. It's January 29th, 2024, and there was no security events over the weekend. 
definitely the SEC did not confirm there. They got sim swapped. Fortra doesn't have any auth bypasses. There's no Tesla hacks. There's no election related security things happening. None of that's happening. It's all really relaxed. And so we're just going to sit here and chat about various recipes for doughs and, and other baked this, goods. This is fine. This is fine. It's fine. This, we've got an illustrious <laughs> cast. This, this is fine. We've got it's we've fine. got this illustrious cast. I'm going to go backwards. We've got Andrew joining us from a remote place on the internet with a dog bed. But he broke the internet. Oh, he broke it. Oh. But he's like backwards. Yeah, why are you mirrored? Andrew. Are you mirrored? Mirror, that's that's you're not allowed to be mirrored on this show. It's illegal. I don't know why it's mirrored. Actually, like it, I used to. Uh, you got to do it in the settings before you. It's come in the in. settings. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's a restream thing. It likes to default yeah. everybody to mirrored. Okay, We've got Kelly. We've got Ryan. He, he, he's. I can't. This is hard. I can't. Uh, I'm scared. I'm. I'm scared. I'm getting dizzy. We've got Ryan, who's actually currently. Gunning for the character Here. size limit in and uh, restream. Yeah. He's got uh, yeah, I'm two over pipes. I, is that a Unix command? Like you can't pipe something to BHIS talking about news, can you? I have no idea. Ooh, there, you definitely maybe. can. There, there's it's probably part of our title, so I just put that there. But here we go. This is what's important. <laughs> our Discord Stella! pipes things to talk about news all the time. Stella. All right, I need to zoom out. It's too much of me. We've got Kelly. We don't know if she's added any new books, but there's a Twitter for that if you want to follow it. <laughs> Welcome. It's Hello? hard to tell, but there may be some new books or may not. There might be. I'm counting. Just hold it here real quick. One, two. Oh, We've got Charles joining us without a teleprompter. He's without coming to a teleprompter. us live. Live. Gold. For the InfoSec News. Got my little wrestlers in the back. I'm all over the place. I saw there was camera looks like a fight happening in the background. Ah, it looks like yeah, the Rumble Rant. Rock'em Sock'em Rumble. robots have been cloning themselves. Yeah. I got all kinds of wild stuff. <laughs> Self-replicating Rock'em Sock'em robot. That's right. <laughs> We've got Alex joining us with the Purple Team Platypus shirt. A rare... You don't see that one a lot. That was, yeah, that's that's one a rare awesome. shirt. Got all that Synthwave vibes, too. Oh, yep. love it. Mm -hmm. We've got Wade. Oh, hello there. Who's, who's here? Yes, I'm here. I'm here. All caps all the time. Uh, I haven't had a coffee today. A good cup of coffee, so I'm a little bit uh, a little bit low. But wow. I am here. I am ready to go. Uh, everyone told me that I was too quiet, but now I'm not. And uh, all right. how now how can you do this show with no coffee? That seems illegal. <laughs> oh my god, it is so hard. Uh, like, I, hey, I can hey, feel Wade. my energy level like dissipate as I talk. It's it's like. From my head down, it's really interesting. <laughs> it's, it's okay, Wade. I didn't have any coffee either, so I have, I have zero caffeine. Like I've, I've yes. given up. You guys wow. are crazy. It's, it's a journey. Oh my it's goodness! This show is yeah. like I like I've got, I got I got this. Stuff. Wow, is it that's liquid caffeine free crew? That's just we've got Mike water. in an unknown state of caffeination. I'm I like. Scared. I, I'd like to point out Mike's like background from... is always like the epitome of like hacker background, right? Like it's like this is the exactly what I would think every computer security expert's office should look true. like. Very oh, this, true. It's like half prepper, half like cybersecurity yeah. books. It's absolutely <laughs> what mine looks like. Everything is, is like that, just off screen. So, yeah. Office is a mess. Caffeinated, that was earlier today. I think I'm hitting the point where I need that third cup of coffee or is it number four? See, that's the level I expect. I'm, I'm scared of, yeah, I'm scared of the non-caffeinated people. Although I do respect you and I've tried it. I read this book about caffeine and I was like, I can't do caffeine. And then I was like, no, nah, I need caffeine. So that's where we're at. Why did the, the non-caffeinated people scare you? And for, well, it's just your raw dog in life. You gotta, you gotta have something oh. on. You ever, you ever try to read <laughs> logs not, without caffeine? It is very geez. hard. Very hard to read Goodness. People don't scare me. Happy, full of energy, non-caffeinated people. <laughs> that scares oh, me because yeah. it makes me wonder what else they're on. Hence, oh, what yeah. we're seeing here—a bunch of nice what? people with <laughs> lots of things to say and big smiles—and they're none of them are caffeinated. Yeah. But you guys have met me in person. The energy is not different on video. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but you can make life. a mint by bottling that uh, energy up and selling it to people. Oh, I would take it. I would take it in a heartbeat. I'd All also right, take some caffeine. Some, let's My get address into some, is. Uh, let's let's cause some some drama no i'm just kidding that's not the goal so uh, no one will probably be surprised by this but 
SEC confirmed over the weekend that, or I guess last week, that their X account, which was hacked in a sort of very obvious cryptocurrency scam, uh, was a SIM swapping attack. Who would have thought? Wow. Yeah. Doesn't, doesn't, I'm going to call it Twitter because I'm a rebel. Doesn't Twitter have the option of not, you? I guess you have to, do you need a swim swap? Like, you, I know you can do token based, right? Like, that's what I have on mine. And I guess well, I can was, you though, because I feel like so, they may have gutted all the security features. At one point, uh, their SMS wasn't working at all. Mine's it still <laughs> yeah, requires they, me to use token base, and I don't even tweet. I just go in there to read other people's tweets. Well, so. okay. I, I noticed Hold this on. for like it's the, the SEC. Uh, Why would they set up any kind of like secure MFA technique? <laughs> right, right. They, they had it, and then they asked for it to be removed for troubleshooting. And this is where like take away change control policies. That if you're sort of like, hey, we're going to open up this keeping security hole here let's go back and make sure that it's remediated after things and this happens all the times in organizations too to where yeah. they say hey could you could you just turn we want to confirm that that's not the problem could you just turn that off please and it's like okay but we really 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 need to make sure that it is turned back on um because i've i've, I've had those days where it's like oh wait nobody turned that back on how long has it been like that so yeah so and, okay so are you saying that X turned it off for troubleshooting? Or are you saying that their account, they turned it off for troubleshooting? X turned it off. They, they asked X to turn it off because they were having trouble logging in. And X turned it in uh, their okay. article. So it's like, hey, yes, what I they don't you say is the time frame because I would maybe <laughs> speculate that happened roughly in January 2015 oh, yeah. and they never turned it back on. I mean, I don't know. So, but yeah. So here's the thing, right? Like, and this is, this is, I wouldn't be surprised if this happens a lot more. Especially with the introduction of eSIMs. eSIMs, of course, is just more so just a really just an embedded sim. It's all digital. So and what would what would you use an eSIM for? Give a give a little uh, background on it. So you would use it eSIMs just eliminate the process of having a physical sim to swap to different network, different carrier, right? Starting in like twenty nineteen, that's when they started introducing eSIMs into phones. Um the first iPhone to have eSIMs introduced to it was the iPhone 14, where it's 100% eSIM. There's no more physical SIMs, and you can have up to eight eSIM networks on your um, on your phone. So I'm just going to break it here. That's kind of the research. I don't think that there's really about. any security implications with eSIMs, are there? Um, like well, what, so what, here, what would make this attack either easier or harder? So with eSIMs. The thing is with eSIMs, it does have its own proprietary operating system and file system that's embedded on the firmware. So if an attacker can gain access to it, because the way it works is like with the eSIM, that's how the that's how your phone authenticates to the actual like say like a T-Mobile or a Sprint or whatnot. It uses a um, authentication token which is encrypted to connect to the back end to your carrier from the eSIM. Right, the but there were the no details job. in this that it said anything about whether it was eSIMs. I, I, from my understanding, no, it just says about, Sims in this one. But yeah, well, it, when we're talking about sim swapping attacks, for anyone that doesn't know what that attack is, it's basically someone social engineers the cell carrier themselves to just port the number to another phone. So whether it's an eSIM or a physical SIM or any kind of SIM, all that matters is it's a social engineering attack that targets the carrier themselves. Um, it's a pretty common attack. Usually, it's done in batches by threat actors. There's a really interesting Darknet Diaries about they it. Absolutely, it, 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 so. yeah, that, I know that one, and it is fascinating. I listen yeah. to. Did anybody? So uh, basically, the no. the security fail from the SEC X account is that they had SMS based authentication as their MFA factor instead of either a hardware token or uh, people asked about Google Authenticator. Google Authenticator is not vulnerable to a SIM swap attack. There's a whole separate thing of like vulnerabilities with implementing MFA and TOTPs. And like, as an example, if you back up your tokens, those can be stolen or whatever. But essentially, basically, it's yeah, it's pure software. It's essentially on the carrier side. Typically, they will run into a carrier uh, store, grab a tablet that's authorized as a manager, and then they'll just swap a bunch um, at some price usually five to twenty five thousand dollars a piece so this is not a cheap attack clearly the attackers in this case either had access to that to do it for cheaper or thought they could make more than that amount of money on this fraud it is ironic the timing of it i think this is one of those cases of like i don't know if anyone's had this moment on pen testing where like 
you have really good opportunity and you just waste it. Because I definitely think if you have access to the SEC Twitter and this is all you get, <laughs> I feel like you wasted the opportunity. The amount of trolling that could have been done could have been higher. That's on, but that's just me, right? That yeah, would they, be they, they me just burn the world all, down, not for any money yeah, whatsoever. Yeah, for, <laughs> for all intents and purposes, all they did was tweet something a day early. That was it. Yeah. That, that like they did nothing, basically. I guess you could argue, you know, securities fraud, maybe leading the market by a day, but only leading it by a day. Like it's not the, the jig is up. It's not that not a big deal. Big. Yeah. They should have tweeted out like, here's our coin. Get SEC coin. And then it's like minting an <laughs> NFT. You know, it should have been like way more. But SEC anyway, <laughs> don't use SMS or any other cell phone based mechanism for authentication for MFA. Like, just don't do it. So most of these, most of these like social media accounts though are all like social media people, right? Usually ran offside. And what's what's the most proper way to handle that like MFA ability for those companies though? Like oh, my I would first say thought would be that they store them all in password password yeah. manager. Yeah, you just store the password manager and the any password manager MFA can store a TOTP. You just delegate access to whoever needs it. Super I just simple. feel so scared storing both of those in the same spot right why like, it's less scary than storing some cell phone in bill's basement that if someone steals that's, it then it's definitely true but how, how many people have you like where they've logged in and they just use their same password for their computer for that mm -hmm. password storage dude it's that, still that, better that's my first if, i if guess i guess it's an extra computer, step but yeah it's also to get into secure storage you probably have mfa that's actually not sms based right so i mean better to again like it. Yeah. secure like layers and security <laughs> and all that stuff but at the end of the day this is great proof of why you you know it's not that they hacked the sec's password manager it's that they uh sim swapped the sec which the biggest thing is there's no way to defend against this from the carrier side you have to defend against it from the auth configuration side like mm -hmm. from a security perspective you have to assume that your number can be sim swapped like there's no way around that you can't be like Hey carrier, please don't sim swap my number. Like that's not how it works. So. Well, the, and and what some carriers are starting to do now is you have to and you before you can even activate your sim, you have to have a user ID in person. Yeah, or, it's done on the carrier yeah. side, so it's not yeah. like social engineering of a target. It's like the carriers are against it and have their own pins or other security mechanisms. Yeah. <laughs> but at the end of the day, people do get new cell phones and they do it thousands of times a day. So it's a pretty mm -hmm. like it's a. It's like running code on an endpoint. It's a required feature to, for people to be able to do their jobs. So yeah. anyway, let's talk about, uh, I guess let's talk about some zero days. Does anyone have anything of particular interest to them? Some CVEs. <laughs> <laughs> There's new gates. We got Maven gate. Go, go over that got, one. That one sounds cool. I didn't read got, any of these. So. <laughs> got to throw some gates in there. Everything's got to be something gate. As we know, this is actually podcast gate right now. So Mavengate, this is an article from thehackernews.com, which I've never heard of, but let's hope it's legit. It says it's the number one trusted cybersecurity news platform, so it has to be real. Basically, this is an Android thing. Um, access to projects can be hijacked through domain name purchases. This is something we've kind of talked about on the show, which is like supply chain of development-related packages. Of like, the supply chain often involves a lot of Node.js or other like ups upstream dependencies that can be hijacked. That's kind of what this is about. Um, mobile security firm, let's see who disclosed this. Oversecured. Um, the original analysis we can link. Basically, they said that Gradle and other uh, Maven-based technologies are vulnerable to the attack. Um, sent reports to more mm -hmm. than 200 companies, including Google, Facebook, Signal, Amazon, and others. So yeah, I guess this is a Java thing. For those that switched away from Java after Log4j... I guess you made the right decision. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's a it's a crazy thing to imagine that you an attacker could just register a domain and then take over an entire software package. But I mean we've seen expired domains get abused many times in the past. I mean this is this isn't a new thing and it's not necessarily specific to Java. I think all of the package managers have kind of suffered from something like this over the last like two to three years. True. So really, really the answer is to get, and it calls it out in the article, the answer is to get projects like SigStore and like signing into these packages so you actually can trust that the build was signed by the actual package creator and not just by some random person on the internet. 
And until we actually get those things into these larger open source repositories and packages, we're just going to see this over and over again. It's going to be Groundhog Day. Yes. So, Andrew, out of curiosity, are there like tools, like how can, I, obviously managing these dependencies and signing in keys and all that stuff is probably a heavy lift for most developers. Like, are you aware of any, or does your company provide like tools that make it easier to like have secure development, like life cycles or whatever of like, you know, supply chain stuff? And so at Datadog, we're big fans of the update framework or the tough project. But, you know, when you say it's a heavy lift for somebody to manage the keys and put signing into their project, that that's actually kind of the point of the SigStore project is that if you don't want to manage all that stuff on your own, Google actually kind of has an entry level tier where you can just trust Google to manage the keys for you, which isn't perfect, right? Because you have to trust somebody, but at least then you're you're putting package signing into your project using something like SigStore. And there's a there's a ton of other stuff out there in the software supply chain ecosystem. So today there's nice. really no excuse. The problem is these package repositories they have to move at kind of this glacial pace to be able to support the number of clients that consume packages from them. So for them to say all of a sudden, hey, we're going to su start supporting signing, that's a big deal. For them to say everybody that's consuming packages from these now all of a sudden all the clients validate those signatures, that's like a 10-year roadmap. Right, so, yeah. Mm -hmm. So the, the supply chain is vulnerable until it's updated, not only on the package creator side, but also on the client side. If I have some Jenkins build that's been running for 10 years, I have to go in there and add in the whole like signatures and where to get them and where to validate them and all that good stuff. Correct. And unless you're actually verifying those as part of your deploy process, there's actually no point in even having the signatures. Right. I'm <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Yep. has to do its diligence. And then you as a consumer of those packages also have to do your diligence. And I think that's something that, you know, we, we've raised a lot of awareness for in the cloud native communities. But in just like mm -hmm. general software development, I still think that this is something that is is probably used by very few on the daily. Oh, yeah. We talked about it last week. You can just publish malware straight into PyPy and there's no, I mean, no big deal. There's no, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, it gives us something fun. to write about. As long as you well, put okay. gate on it, it's big deal. That's how it works. So gate is the key word out of all of this. Yes. Whatever you're going to do, you got to put gate on it. Gate, gate, okay. that's coming soon. That's honestly gate, gate a great slash. name. If you're a hacker, <laughs> if you're like a budding hacker that's trying to come up with a good ha uh, handle, gate, gate is a good one. So definitely go for that. <laughs> There's some Fortra go anywhere authentication You just got to call it gate and then everybody else will add the second gate. So it becomes gate, gate. Or Gate Thrasher. So or your something, hacking something name cool. is Gate, and then when you get hacked, it becomes GateGate. Is that how it works? Exactly. Okay. Gates Fate. I, I don't know. Just okay. So there's <laughs> Fortra Go Anywhere, and I'm. I feel like I've lost track of all the companies that Fortra owns. Is was this a Citrix product? Like who? <laughs> what was Go Anywhere like a month ago? <laughs> is it? Wait, am is I this crazy? A new story? No, it's in the it's in the list. Oh, here, I'll throw it in the Fortra chat. Fortra warns of critical go anywhere MFT bypass, but apparently now they was this Citrix like what used to be go anywhere? I forget. I'm googling that as we speak. Go anywhere was Citrix, wasn't it? Wasn't it? PC I, I thought anywhere? it was. Oh, I'm not maybe that, I, but... I don't know. Oh yeah, maybe it was PC anywhere. I don't know, but basically the long and short of it is they've posted a security advisory for their own product. Um, there's a CVE for it. It allows an unauthenticated attacker to create an administrative user for the application. Researchers discovered this in late, uh, late 2023. This is a file transfer application, which we know from last mm -hmm. year, that is a big target for companies, yeah. uh, for threat actors and companies need to really secure this quickly. It is Java. So that's fun. Um, but basically the endpoint can be deleted and the service restarted to mitigate the issue. So you can, there is a workaround that doesn't require patching if you can't patch, um, but you can also, uh, patch. So if you use Fortra go anywhere, definitely you should remediate like right Immediately. now. <laughs> if you're listening to this and you use this product, pause right now, 
and go remove that Who, line and restart the server. Who's got <laughs> a Shodan? Who's got a good Shodan uh, account? Someone, someone, scan real quick and tell that's us. That's a how good many. question. You know, that's one of the things for almost any like end day. They always talk about the number of servers affected on Shodan. So yeah, <laughs> someone pull up those numbers while I uh, BS about things for five minutes. <laughs> I, I bought the lifetime show an account like a long time ago and then just like it fell off my radar and i haven't used it in a long time <laughs> i use it all the time well i don't have to i'm I, i'm you use Wade's account all the time yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I, thank you for that Wade. i really appreciate that and so the password so the password is gate 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 yeah. Someone twelve RZA in Discord said too poor for Shodan. What what Wade's talking about is I think about every year they have a lifetime account sale and it's like thirty dollars or fifty dollars. Yeah. It's a cheap it's a cheap one time fee. You yeah. don't need the fancy account with like vulnerability searching and all that other stuff. Just get the cheap account and it's good enough. I think There's I bought like, it for a dollar. Yeah. The There's also a ton of <laughs> other providers uh, of similar data. Um, let me provide a list because I'm building a webcast for this week. Uh, Fofa, Census, Quake, Hunter, ZoomEye, Netlist, and Criminal IP. Census is pretty good. I've used Census as well. Um, quick, quick fun fact. Shodan used to host servers at the data center I worked at. And boy, mm. did we get a bunch of complaints every single Takedowns, day about, yeah. oh, do not scan me. You have hosts scanning me. Hosting my God. All right. Here's our boilerplate email. And then they would ask to be removed from the list and uh, mm. we'd usually pass it on. <laughs> and then like, when they know, email that, you should respond with, we've been trying to reach you about your car's extended warranty. Uh. We're so glad that you got in touch. <laughs> that Thank you for emailing. Let's talk about your car's extended warranty. Uh. <laughs> all right. Let's talk Pretty about much. Tesla. So Aww. we all know and love Pwn to Own, which is a sort of bounty based hacking festival i want to call it uh conference um, but basically they had a kind of special version of it pwn to own automotive edition 2024 some researchers hacked a tesla modem and collected awards of seven hundred and twenty two thousand five hundred dollars um nice. on day one and then there was a bunch more uh stuff it looks like there's some companies like synactive are chaining zero days to get root permissions on a tesla modem there's some U ubiquity connect ev station which is like I guess automotive related. It's a charger. Um, so yeah, I mean, basically this is a cool place where uh what gray hat or white hat hackers can go and collect seemingly large payouts for hacking stuff, which especially makes sense for stuff like Tesla's, where you know, if you want to get into hacking Windows, uh, I got a VM you can download for free. Um, if you want to get into hacking Tesla's, um <laughs> you might have to spend some money or do something very unethical. So I, I, I think, think these are. I think cool DefCon still has. Yes. I think Teslas are still at DefCon for the car. Yes, but really it's stupid. Go. You you wait in line for two hours and you get thirty minutes with it. Okay. So and it's like scan, I mean, you, you complete your scan and that's about it. You like, complete <laughs> your scan and then someone else's turn. So I mean, don't get me wrong. It's it's not uh, stupid. It's not really stupid. But my point is, if you're truly a researcher uh, trying to deep dive on this kind of stuff. You're going to need more than 30 minutes to find a zero day that pays out for 700k. I so, um, I think it's just uh, a, a good, good thing. I wonder, does anyone know of the other Ponda owns? Other than I know there's like the main one, which is mostly focused on like Windows and other like high profile stuff. But is there uh, like a Ponda own for general IoT, or is there one for SCADA? I don't know. There's probably a lot. So, Corey, to go back, perhaps we should just wait till the next big deep freeze. Because remember in Chicago a couple weeks ago, the, the Teslas couldn't um, they couldn't be charged. So all you have to do is wait for a deep freeze in Chicago or in the Midwest, and then you can go and test them. But won't they just be turned <laughs> off because the batteries are dead? <laughs> but you're a hacker. You should be able to get around that. You plug it. You're like. Just take a heat gun, point it at the temperature sensor. Oh, my car works. Hacked. Yeah. Is anybody like the first the first thing reading this? Uh, I just think about that movie, the leave the world behind or whatever that came out on Netflix last month. Right. Where the dude's driving down and all of a sudden there's like a pile of Teslas and they're like, oh, wow, this yeah. is weird. And then here comes another Tesla and they're like, we better get out of the road. Like when I thought that, I'm like, oh, my God, if that happened, that would be so cool. I'm going to like, but that. That's probably a bad thing to think, but <laughs> I mean, it was a yeah, cool, people, it was a hey, cool stunt hack, right? <laughs> people in Discord are saying, 
people in Discord are saying rent a Tesla, it hurts. You're like, would I need the extended warranty? Oh. Yes. Can I, have the extended... <laughs> I would like to opt for the extended warranty. Does it cover hacking by chance? Put, I mean, put uh... tape over all the cameras so they can't see you like doing stuff around the car. Like, like, well, hey, all the cameras turned off at the same time. What happened? Like, did I don't you know, drive man. into like, a Faraday cage? I, I thought, yes. I thought Hertz was getting rid of all their Teslas. Well, maybe, but I mean, didn't they? Whatever. One of the one of the rental car companies like heavily invested, thinking that yes. they were going to come out with automated driving like real quick. Yeah, we didn't cover it, but I did see an article that basically they have maintenance uh, supply chain and other like cost issues where like they don't They're break just, as often, but when yeah. they break, they break in catastrophic ways and they, there's not an easy uh, pathway to getting them fixed. And that people who sense. rent cars, you know, they treat them very gently. Usually. Yeah. Boy, do I have some <laughs> stories about that. So, Corey, to go back to your question, it appears that they pick a theme for the year because um, they've been doing this since 2007. One year they focused on web browsers, another year they focus on virtual machines. So it seems like they pick a particular topic as gotcha. opposed to different flavors yeah. of conferences. That makes sense. So it's like this year it was automotive. So that's good stuff. I mean, it, we all know automotive security is pretty bad in general. So and, and high how- cost of entry. It's a good, it's a very good uh, target. Does anyone know where it was? Did Toronto. anyone pick that up? Toronto? Toronto, yeah. Interesting. Toronto. I feel like cars are getting so... Cars are getting so advanced too, even with just like the collision detection and stuff like that. Like I have a, a like a 2022 Subaru and is it a 2022? Yeah, I think it, no, it's a 2020. And it, it has like the lane change, like it won't let you change lanes. It'll fight against you. I couldn't imagine if like somehow that got hacked, right? Like something simple where all of a sudden it won't allow you to change lanes. But do you remember the article we talked about a long time ago where there was a certain model of Mazda that if a radio station bricked like everyone's oh, yeah, yeah, systems yeah, on that accident. was that was a good one. <laughs> yeah. They sent fun, the wrong fun. image file to everybody. Wrong <laughs> image file and it bricked like 30,000 Mazdas because like over the radio. But anyway, this goes all the way back to 2015, though, when they hacked the first sets of Chrysler cars by pivoting mm-hmm. to the CAN bus from the Sprint network. It's yep. The- a lot of these things just never were intended to be internet exposed and not to bring it all the way back to the supply chain thing, but there's actually now a framework that's based on the same SIG store and Uptane framework it's called, um, what's called Uptane. It's a SIG store and tough for cars. So that, you know, if the firmware has been tampered with by the CAN bus because it's unsigned and then the car is just ripped. So, um, yeah. Something- so if you want to, ch- if you want to get that extra 50 horsepower, be very careful. <laughs> Well, yeah, and then I you mean, start you start running into into the hacks like that, but you also start wondering with that sort of security level, what about right to repair on it? I mean, we know that that fight's going on also, people not being able to repair their own vehicles because of all this new technology busted. Oh, it's not it goes beyond that. It's also think about all the manufacturers that have intentionally defrauded emissions regulations oh, over the years. Dude. Oh, yeah. Like it's it's Audi tough. It's like and... you almost need like a three-way verification process between like the manufacturer needs to vet their own stuff against that EPA or whatever. And then like the users have to vet it against the manufacturer and then yeah, I mean then you get right to repair in there and oof, like I don't even that's a tough. We need like a try government commission of like five different you know it'll be a disaster no matter what happens let's just gonna say that it is also sadly the same now for tractors oh yeah Mm -hmm. oh tractors that's a a bit more expensive right like (laughs) like the the tractor stuff was crazy i my dad is a big rig repairman and uh like semi trucks right and there's a lot of stuff around semi truck hacking and that one I, I dived into for a while to understand all the aspects of that, because usually those trucks can be completely remote controlled by whoever owns the truck. And since they're so highly regulated, like you can only drive so many hours a day, you only have this heavy of a load that there is a lot of room around that to manipulate a bunch of different mm-hmm. settings to get past those as yeah. well as fraud to allow them to keep driving to make more money, because a lot of the times they're getting paid based upon per load, uh, how quickly they get there and stuff like that. But the semi trucks and tractor hacking stuff is so cool. I wish I could dive into that more. Yeah, that's a scary world. Maybe next year will be pwned to own farm edition. <laughs> It'll be like <laughs> like tractors and stuff. To, uh, to make matters worse, well, some, of, some of those manufacturers are actually starting to standardize on running Kubernetes at the edge. 
as a means of deployment of that car firmware. So Ew. have uh, like a, a like an ASIC on a CAN bus somewhere that's running a dedicated firmware that's signed. You have a K3X cluster that's running in the car for the tractor or the, I don't, I don't know, maybe a fighter if jet. I, I, if I'm ever driving and something pops up that says Kubernetes, I'm pulling over. Like, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> Oh, you didn't you you didn't hear that Boeing's new airplane is being ran completely by Kubernetes. Whole thing, just all Kubernetes. You know, I don't I don't know if I find it more terrifying or more comforting to know that we're standardizing on at least a platform that we can defend. But it, my brain goes back and forth on is this is this an improvement or does it actually detract from security overall? True. Uh, yeah, I mean it's a. It's a tough thing, and then you get into OTA updates and all the stuff and supply chain. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's enough for a whole separate podcast. Let's just say that. So apparently, swatting is never going away, um, which I still don't really understand how this is a problem. Like, I guess it's a problem because law enforcement's job is to like, you know, fire up the tank and drive through someone's wall. But like, what? How is this still a thing? So the news is basically the election cybersecurity director was a victim of swatting in her home. SZA's Jen Easterly. Um, this happened last month, which is super scary. For those who don't know what swatting is, essentially, I, don't, I guess I would call it a social engineering attack. But essentially, got a description uh, right here. What is swatting? Well, they yeah. bust into your house with big guns and scared the bejesus out of you. That's what that's, it is. Yeah, that's a good summary. Yeah. Or if you want, Ryan, we can just all sit in silence for thirty seconds while people read. <laughs> <laughs> Read it out loud for everybody. You know, story. you know, this is a podcast, right, Ryan? <laughs> um, but yeah, like essentially, swatting is someone doxes a target. They meaning they figure out their legitimate, real address where they actually live, where they sleep, and then they essentially call the law enforcement for that locality and say, "Hey, uh, I'm taking hostages in this house," or they're you know, basically they call a fake scenario into um, you know targeting this house, and then. It essentially relies on the overeager or whatever you want to call it result of that call, which is that people break down doors, they bust in windows, there's flashbangs, they, you know, it gets yeah, really dangerous really quickly because yeah. from all sides, no one knows what's going on. The person who's been swatted doesn't know that they've been swatted. The SWAT team doesn't know if there's legitimately a hostage situation or not. And yeah, it's bad. Yeah, and these, these uh, social engineers or these, these adversaries are are banking on that like gap in law enforcement criteria where, yeah, sometimes they may, you know, do, use force first, ask questions later because they have this spun up. So it's, uh, you know, absolutely that uh, the adversaries are, you know, hoping for a violent situation to occur, not just scaring you, uh, but hoping that there's that, that violent, um, that violence that comes. Yeah, I mean, I think as far as and this will tie into our next story but like i think as far as the fix for it i mean what is the fix the fix is like getting con if you're a high enough profile person which i guess you make that determination for yourself get in touch with your local law enforcement and say yep. and, just so you that, know i might still be the target of this like there's well, there's been yeah, countless times where people have still done that or they've been swatted right. multiple yeah. times and the cops sure. keep showing up right like at that point it's more on the cops than it is on right anyone well, else and because it's not it's... like i can just call the cops and say hey i need to get out of jail free card from from the perspective of law enforcement they shouldn't just be handing out you know hostage situation yep. like, now here you could you could take hostages at your house we'll never come like, now i just imagine yeah. random people calling like the cops being like hey i'm a big uh twitch streamer right if you get any 911 calls or any type of weird calls about my house just ignore right. them you know just exactly <laughs> so there's not really a great solution honestly i guess the only solution is privacy and this gets into a deep rabbit hole on how do you secure that information from yourself how do you make sure no one knows your real address it's actually really sad but like a lot of the streamers they just move every month they just like literally they move houses every month because they know that it's going to happen eventually that someone something is going to leak their real uh their real address and that someone is going to target it so like if you're really that high profile it's incredibly sad but you are moving ever on a regular basis to avoid this attack so um yeah it's like it's a sad thing i think you know from a privacy perspective we won't get into how to protect that information but you know the big one is 
just know your attack service. Assume that someone can get your address and then hope that no one has a problem with you. But it's like a lot of people live in constant fear of this because there's not really a way around it. it just is is what yeah. it is. So uh, the next article I want to talk about because it kind of ties in is the Ring. This is sort of an update. So previously on the show, we talked about how Ring, uh, meaning Amazon Ring or whatever, the, the video doorbell service had essentially no or very little protections for law enforcement to gather people's information and watch their live footage. That was a privacy concern when it first came out, and now it looks like it's being rolled back. So Ring said in Wednesday on Wednesday that they're going to sunset the whole request for assistance tool, which allows police departments and other public safety agencies to request and receive video captured by the doorbell through the Ring's Neighbors app. So, yeah, and, and I know yeah. one of the one of the things that's buried in this story because you look at the headlines, you look at that first thing, going, "Oh, lo- they're not going to lo- give law enforcement the information anymore." No, they still will with a warrant. It's just they're not doing these warrantless things. Like it is, it is buried in there that they will still comply with with warrants. I think like the third to last paragraph, like they can still access them using a search warrant. Uh, which then begs the question is like, why were you just disclosing this when they're like, hey, there's an emergency, you know, again, kind of tying to that uh, extinction uh, or emergency circumstances. Um, I'm going to put I'm going to play devil's advocate here and re- and go for it, as I usually do. There is a couple murders in San Diego and within like week, like a week or so, they were able to catch the guy because of this. Uh I can both see I can see both sides of it being like a security yeah, but professional. But when like times of weeks, yeah, yeah, that that more. time I'm saying if time of it was of the essence, right? Like could you I could see them wanting it, but at the end of the day, it's the whole like if you surrender your privacy, you're kind of screwed it. But, I mean, honestly, uh, you could definitely argue that even with a purely positive spin on this, it's still risky because as we know from like the various emergency situations the one i'm thinking of specifically is what is it charlie hebdo or whatever the french case where they were like doing a terrorist attack on the journalist offices and people were like tweeting out the journalist locations in real time and that like terrorists were using that information or like basically the where i'm going with this is that misinterpreting or misusing information in real time is very possible like you could be law enforcement looking at a live video feed and think you just saw someone with a gun and then run out to the front yard and gun someone down. And really it was just someone grabbing a package from the front porch or whatever. Like it's the, the chances for abuse of real time information, whether it's intentional or unintentional, I think are really high of like, well, we pulled all the feeds and someone ran through their backyard two days ago. It's like, okay, well what? Like maybe that was just their kid running around. Maybe it was like, I don't know. It's like, going through the due process of like getting warrants and all that good stuff makes sense to me. It's like, you should, you should take time to like synthesize the information and not use it in like immediately real time of like right now we need to see what's happening out front, out front of this house, because I think that information is just too easy to abuse or misuse, even if it's unintentional. It's like in Batman, the, the, what is it? The dark Knight Batman where he makes the phone repeaters give him visuals of everywhere. Does anybody else remember that? No, just me. Yeah, yeah I remember that. Yeah, okay, I remember okay, that. okay. I'm making sure that was the right one. Yeah, and then it. at least he destroys it at the end of it. But that that's always my thought. I like to be, I like to at least look a little bit positive and think people are going to use it for the right thing. But I know better. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. There's still a lot of, there's going to be judges signing things that probably shouldn't have been signed. And that's fine. That That's like, we have the way of dealing with that. I think it's just when, there's literally no verification. It's so much more ripe for abuse. Like yeah. the other thing you could talk about is that like the whole ex spouse or that kind of scenario, like just being a law enforcement person going on the ring page and saying, I need to see my ex wife's front door right now. And there's no vetting or other like data tracking or any of that. Like essentially no judge is going to sign a warrant that says, yeah, you need to see your ex wife's, uh, you know, doorbell camera. But if the form is there and they just submit the information, then that's so much easier. It's like the, you know, it's like John always talks about with the data information requests. If you just select other and then just submit it, you know, it's just like it just bypasses the entire process. Anyone have any articles? What do you want to talk about? Other than news. There was this uh, super interested 
super interesting, uh, massive Kubernetes misconfiguration. Uh, Back to I, Kubernetes. I don't, I don't think that we've seen the the net impact of it yet because it's the same thing as authenticated users in Active Directory, uh, where you know if you have a, a multi-forest trust or bi-directional trust between two domains, that trust is transitive. Is this the um, one, Andrew? That, that is the one. And uh, basically every Kubernetes cluster that was provisioned by Google as like a managed cluster for some time allowed authentication to like literally anyone inside of Google Cloud due to this misconfig, because the scope is just called authenticated or system authenticated. Huh. And really folks just thought that that meant authenticated inside of their own, like in the context of their own tenant, but really it Interesting. meant all of Google Cloud. So you're saying if I had a Google Cloud and I somehow got network access to someone else's GKE, I could have gathered oh, you, things you I shouldn't have been to. able to gather. You don't have to have network access because the beauty is is that these APIs deploy internet accessible by default. Ah, so the basically someone who knew about this and enumerated them all from the internet could have a ton of information, which is why we're basically waiting for the other shoe to drop on what they could have, whether someone evil actually gathered this or not. Correct. So this was reported by Orca, um, and it's it's actually like one of these vulnerabilities now that has a name and and everything, but like really it's just a big fat misconfig mistake that propagated and propagated and propagated. I think we're going to see this more with, you know, manage, manage infrastructure. Google Kubernetes gate is what they're calling Yeah, we'll, it. we'll never, no, it's called, <laughs> it, the, the name is sysall, colon all, I guess. Is that, is that it's correct? It's not a gate. We don't care. Get it off. The yeah, screen. it should be sysall gate. <laughs> that's, that's the permission as it's described today, but uh, it's, it's really the same as system authenticated or, you know, if you're an AD fan, the authenticated users group, which I think a lot of people see authenticated users on the Active Directory side, and they think it's only their domain, but it means their domain and anything else that their domain trusts. Including the and guest also, users I added to your tenant when I was in there last time. Correct. So this problem just pops up over and over. We're just, we're bad at naming groups and, you know, having people understand the impact of that. Yeah, interesting. So people in chat were talking about the Moab, the mother of all breaches. This is one that crossed my personal radar as the data breach, uh, you know, sad person at Black Hills. Um, basically, this to me, I don't have an actual copy of the Moab breach, but looking at discussions online and looking at what other people are saying, it seems like it's just a repackage of old breaches. Um, there's nothing confirmed out there that says there's any new information in this breach. Essentially, for those too lazy to download 2,000 individual breaches, you can just download one, I guess. But yeah, it's nothing crazy, nothing new. Um, from a privacy perspective, if you're already handling things with like Have I Been Pwned or other sites, there's probably nothing new in there. I wouldn't be too concerned about it. Probably can just move on and pretend like it never happened. And news that surprised no one, the NSA is buying everybody's data. <laughs> I feel like... I That's just want to be able on. to sell my own data. Wasn't there a bill for this where it's like you could monetize? Oh, no, we made it up on the podcast. We made it it's up, like, yeah. yeah. It, there's got to be like an eBay where I can be like, I'll give out all my Google search history for like bidders. Like I'm open to bidding. Political How, how much political is someone going to pay for that? It's, uh, I, threw, I threw it in chat too. I don't, we we oh, talk maybe. about this all the time that like most of the time the governments don't need to spy on us, right? That they can just buy this data. And right. this is just uh, proof of that. It's nothing, I wouldn't say it's anything too crazy, but it's more of just a, a repeat of us yelling at the, yelling this to the world I, over and it, over. I'm yeah. not worried about the NSA. I'm worried about the other governments buying our data. That's a good point. Yeah, they all share, we know. I mean, I think it's kind of, it, I guess more than anything, it exposes like someone, uh, Morelius414 says, why does the NSA need to buy our data when they should already have like it's kind of like, <laughs> is it just government inefficiencies of like, well, you see, you it's know, you easier. have to get. It's just easier because we buy it from a company who bought it from us and then repackaged it with JSON, and ours was in CSV. So we buy it from them because it's easier than us redoing our data schema. Well, it's more, it's more along the lines of they buy it from them because they don't have to go through all the red tape to go ahead and say, exactly. oh, we need this data. And and um. Um, Chucky, I'm glad you brought that up. That 
that this NSA and the systems around it are designed with a purpose. There are constraints, there are hurdles, there are requirements set up by Congress on how the NSA is supposed to treat U.S. citizens' data. Yeah, there's times where uh, I don't work there, I don't know what they do, but there's reasons why they would buy the data. And uh, in a way, I'm glad that there are those constraints, but if I was on the other side of the fence, not on the governance side, but on the on the red teaming side, I'd absolutely go and buy data instead of waiting for months or possibly years to get that through official channels. I will say, like looking at the uh, looking at the article, they specifically call out NetFlow data, and I, I I feel like this is one of those very powerful situations of like, is this like the ultimate NordVPN ad? Then they're like, oh, is? it's actually NordVPN selling the data. <laughs> they're like, it's actually, oh God. I mean, yeah. So for those that don't know, NetFlow data is essentially, and someone correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm not a blue teamer, but NetFlow data is essentially like IP port data stream, right? Like it's, yeah, it yeah. doesn't have yeah. any enrichment as far, like it's- Maybe, maybe bytes out sometimes- Maybe maybe a domain, but not usually like subdomains. Right. Uh, it, it's literally it's bare minimal. bones, right? It's minimal. Yeah. From there, you usually have to do reconnaissance on like what service would use that port. What, what right. do we know about this IP? What do we know about this domain? And you have to tie it together with other logs. It's so they're using it that. because it's easier to just buy than it is to collect. And yeah, it's powerful at scale. You know, like Graham says in, in Discord, NetFlow, you can get high level. I, I mean, and for those wondering, your ISP is absolutely collecting your NetFlow. That's the whole thing about, you know, use a VPN, blah, blah, blah. But um, like, it's just a matter of the NSA. What is their goal with this? I mean, the senator who is from happens to be from my great state of Oregon says that they're using it to gather information on targets being used outside and inside the United States. It seems like mostly they're going for outside the United States, which tracks with the NSA's overall mission, which is to, you know, be the nation state hackers that we all wish we could be. The inside the US thing is an interesting one of like, I don't, I don't think their primary goal is to gather Americans data. But if you're going after this data, you're going to be purchasing it in wide swaths, you're going to be saying, Give me the NetFlow for AT&T or whatever for all of these from this data center or from this entire swath of the country. So it's not like your data is not going to be collateral damage in that request or that data set. But the, same is true if, the same is true as if they collect the data on their own as opposed to buying it. They're going to, and that was part of the whole problem since 9-11 was that they were getting all this extra data in, if I remember the, sto- the news stories correctly, they were getting everything in and Congress finally said, no, you cannot go ahead and do this again. Right. Yeah. I mean, I would say like they probably it's like, I mean, anyone who's ever onboarded a sock is probably like, man, it's hard to get NetFlow from uh, every endpoint. So we'll just buy it from the ISP. <laughs> and let's not okay, forget, now- let me just add on one other thing quick here, Corey. Remember yep. back with 9-11 and we had, we had the Patriot Act. And, you know, uh, I noticed in the comments we were talking about Snowden as well. Remember when the Patriot Act came into into existence, we were collecting everything. We were storing it. Um, since then, we've sort of pulled back on, on what we collect um U.S. or organizations and agencies, and you know we we still haven't found that sweet spot of how much to collect, how much not to collect, and um, I, I would like to vote for a federal privacy law, uh, but that'll be a whole another podcast. Yeah, All right, now we're going to start the the GRC podcast, the, g- talking we, about GRC. Uh, I, about I think GRC. we should. Yeah, we. <laughs> Wouldn't so that be fun? Some, as some astute observers in, on LinkedIn have pointed out, the the one of the upshots of this article is that the this is theoretically illegal or unconstitutional or bad, um, and that's why it was released by the senator because he's going after the agencies and also the companies that are selling it. So it's kind of a should be a dual mix, a dual purpose thing of like on both sides. It shouldn't really be possible without a warrant, but I mean it's it it is what it is. I guess my the one thing I want to talk about before we move on is like, where can I buy a sock that just like sketchily purchases NetFlow data from like? (laughs) 
you want like, a, you want the sock to purchase the NetFlow data and then look yeah. at your NetFlow? Like, like I don't want to. Like they don't you... hook up to anything. They just no. ask, all right, give us the internet, like internet service provider of this company. Give us yeah. all of their NetFlow dogs. It's Here's the, the laziest ever onboarding procedure for a sock. I, You're just like, yeah, we're. Not I'm going to tell you right anything. now that is like that is the normal sock. At least the socks <laughs> I've worked at, that is like, okay, don't give us your, your endpoint detection. Don't give us that. Just give us your NetFlow data and we'll just send you trash alerts on the NetFlow data all right? the time. Like, I don't know how many times I've alerted on outbound Dropbox traffic and then asking people, like, hey, do you allow Dropbox? And they're like, no. I'm like, all right, well, here you go. You got Dropbox. Like, that was like majority of my job, like entry level. I I despise NetFlow. Net, I understand the power. I despise those. Like, I just so think it's the, it's the lowest effort it option. Is. It's like, it's like, okay, here's what we're going to do. You, I'm going to be a sock for you. And all I'm going to do is go purchase your NetFlow from data brokers and then tell you when you have alerts. Maybe we have a business pitch. What was All right. <laughs> This is patented or something. No I, one steal this I, idea. I do want to say one thing. We see so many pictures of the NSA like that. If you pull up the article real quick, Ryan, like I've seen this picture like a million times. When's the NSA going to get a parking structure? Like, look at all these freaking. It's like... so bad. Let's talk about <laughs> single density parking. I mean, uh, it's like such a on. waste of space. Do they have underground parking? We don't know about it. I could easily see that. But... I don't know. But yeah, actually, you can argue they probably have a risk. facility that's underneath it that you can't really like build that much on top of like that that may just be a parking lot that's okay oh, but it's still a i can use satellite imagery to get the bins of everyone that's parking at the nsa anyway yeah. there's a tunnel to the white house it's a long tunnel all right uh <laughs> last article let's talk about uh the uh privacy predictions by i don't know how to say it i'm gonna say kaspersky if that's not how you say it i'm sorry so kaspersky has made some predictions on privacy for 2024 and so as we do on this show, we're going to review them and see if they're full of crap or not, which usually they are. Usually they're written by AI. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's let's see. But okay, if it was, re- like if it was written by AI, yeah, would, it, would it reference AI as a problem? Yes. As a problem? Oh, 100 percent. That would be it all would, it would want to talk about. All it would do. We'll talk about. Yep. This, yeah. this article is a joke. I do think it's written by by AI, and I don't mean any <laughs> yeah. any disrespect to the authors. There's there's nothing new in this article. Where we've already, you know, if we look at the, the the data points in that article, we've already defined private data. We've did we've done that with GDPR. We've done it with state privacy law and state data um, data breach laws. AI enabled wearables might start a new debate on privacy. Well, I mean, okay, come on. hold on, hold on. So one of the predictions they make is they say the EU is might push through legislative that would add biometric information to, and also I guess that like facial processing. So I guess right now, Kelly is is facial data in part of gdpr at all or is that defined like meaning like a picture of my face or anything like that i don't know if it's called out specifically with facial features but um it's in it's indirect it's implied because remember gdpr says privacy is a fundamental human right so i believe that it's already in gdpr gotcha so basically, even if they do pass a law that says facial data is part of GDPR, it's kind of moot because in the intention of the law, it's the same. Yes. AI enabled wearables. Yeah, I don't even. Can we talk well, about I... what that would even be? I mean, we know we talked about cars having a chat GPT button. What is an AI enabled wearable? This has been a thing forever, right? Isn't all of our Apple watches AI enabled and like. I don't know. The data is probably going back to one of those data brokers who AI enables it to put it to JSON to sell it to the NSA. That's what I'm guessing. Like, <laughs> but the data from an AI enabled wearable logs. would be hilarious. <laughs> it's like he sat on the couch and ate Doritos for 25 minutes. Like, what is what is that even going to be? Like, I don't even know what that's going to be. Yeah. Uh, so they talk in there about always having a camera or a microphone in front of you. But I dare say, if you go out of your house, you already have a camera pointed on you with surveillance in cities and villages. Um, you know, I was at a conference this weekend, and as many times as the conference organizers have said, please don't record this video, they did it anyway. So I I think yeah. we already live in a surveillance state. Yeah, and you. And, this you know, is you know, definitely you know glasses that have cameras in them and it's like you had the google glass i think what like meta has like glasses yeah, yeah. now that the can ray bands or whatever yeah. yeah the red ray bands like that that's been a thing 
I mean, I got to say, this is the most AI written part of the article, I think. The, the notion that people would walk around with something that's somehow more dangerous than a smartphone is just the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Like, an AI-enabled pin? Like, just put the phone in your pocket. What? I don't even know. Uh, yeah, like, uh, whatever. Uh, yeah, anyway. Do people use pins still? Like, I, like uh, Well, it's magnetic, so... Oh, I guess that, I was thinking I like a writing. No, no, AI like... enabled pin, as in literally a pin you wear on your shirt. That's oh, AI okay, okay. Yeah. It's like you can talk. You hi AI. Uh, can you give me a recipe for waffles or something? Like I don't as know. As long as I can press it, it makes the Star Trek not like like okay. Oh, I see. I see. Maybe up, Scotty. I'm sorry. As a large language model, I can't make changes to the physical world. Your API keys expired. Your API. Yeah, so they talk about a AR and VR, you know, development. I don't think this is new. I mean, they talk about Apple Vision Pro being so, launched soon, which might, but like, I again, what, like, what's our what's our take on YouTube videos then in public, right? Like, if what from a that, courtesy perspective, from a courtesy perspective, or from like a privacy perspective, like Kelly was talking about, like if your if your face is part of GDPR, right, and you're taking a YouTube video of somebody's face, or you're taking a YouTube video in public, and there's people walking by, technically you're allowed to film in public, but now you have the data of their face on it, which is for me now I'm getting like crazy confused with all that. Like, are they allowed to tell me, no, you can't film me? Which then brings me up, if anybody was on Reddit this past week of a dude filming himself playing piano, and then these uh, these people came by and told him, hey, we don't want you to film us. We are watching you. You got you, you can't use this on YouTube, right? Is that... You have, it, hopefully, I'm not just rambling. I, I mean, this I, is, I, already, I this is story, an old debate, saw... though. This is the same thing. It's like, if you're in public, do you have any reasonable right to privacy? The yeah, answer yeah. is basically no. 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 Okay. So if you're in an airport and someone's playing in a piano, then, I mean, I guess the moral of the story is if you're cheating on your wife, don't go out in public. Don't, but, I mean, don't, don't speed or play through play the a, piano. Don't speed <laughs> through a, uh, yeah. A or if you're, sign. you know, like, I don't, yeah, I don't think this is new. I mean, again, we are kind of tearing this apart. So let's keep going. Le <laughs> leaked passwords will give fewer reasons to worry. Now, this one. I want to believe, but I don't believe this one. I think you can pretty much throw away if you look at the Verizon data breach uh, in, uh, report, which said that like something like 80 percent of breaches last year happened because of credential, either theft or reuse or whatever. So it's all about passwords still. I don't think that's magically going to disappear in one year. Um, so no. And and organizations are still going to absolutely care about like the, the, the password. Like if you're if you're working as a blue teamer and you have passwords that get compromised and you have any sort of like customers uh, base out there, those customers are going to contact you and go, hey, uh, what, what's going on with all of these usernames and passwords involved? And you can't really turn around and say, well, you know, Kapersky says like, uh, you know, there's not anything to leak in these usernames and passwords. That's not that's not going to assure customers. Yeah. I mean, I, I will say, I think they're close to the mark with this and multiple people during in chat have brought up the whole concept of pass keys. Uh, yeah. Pass keys are essentially like passwordless authentication based on device. I will say like based on me being very plugged into the world of leaked credentials in general, I think they missed the mark. I do think we are kind of moving away from like big data breaches of credentials being impactful. Like I don't think today if you know a company is breached, like I don't know, let's say Google, if all the Gmail account passwords are disclosed in Bcrypt, it's not going to be that big of a deal to, I mean, it's going to be, you know, we're going to talk about it and all that stuff, but for the average person, it's not going to be a huge deal because there's already MFA enabled on all Google accounts. There's already, or whatever, you know, like there's all these compensating controls. And if they're Bcrypt, you're only going to be able to go after a tiny chunk of them at a time. And like the only passwords, probably sub eight characters are going to be essentially overall Data breaches of central companies going outbound are less impactful. But when we're seeing stealer logs, this is hugely impactful and still increasing in uh, impact, in oh. my opinion. And yeah. people are asking about pass keys. People are asking about, um, like, essentially credential. The, the word of credential means more than one thing. I haven't personally seen a stealer malware that steals pass keys. But if someone writes one, <laughs> it's going to be able to steal your pass keys and get in, just like if it was stealing your password. And so, now there's a now there's a one out there. <laughs> yeah, like the, it's it's the same thing as like stealing session tokens, which is really what they're going after. 
If you sign in with a passkey or a password or your face or your secret phrase or whatever it is, if I steal your session cookie and the provider doesn't have session identity detection or prevention capabilities, I'm getting in no matter how you got in. I think it's like, again, they kind of missed the mark. Passkeys are increasing in, that's good. I think like it does reduce the data breach angle a little bit. But at the end of the day, that's only a tiny chunk of the leaked credential or you know whatever you want to call it, the data breach economy. It's a tiny piece of it. No one would ever anyway. face. And yeah, <laughs> someone else brings up, Griffin brings up a good point, which is that too, too, too many sites don't have MFA capabilities at all, let alone passkeys. It's like... No. <laughs> if, this gets me so much about banks, right? Like most banks won't even let you do... Like they only do oh, SMS. Secure MFA. Yeah, oh, it's always I, I, SMS. It pisses based. me off yeah. so much. Oh, it's so bad. And like there's also, we talked about it last week, the MFA wall of shame. Some companies paywall their SSO providers. It's right. like um, you can't have that and be like, oh, we're super, we love passkeys. The companies that are talking about loving passkeys are not the ones to worry about. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and password managers too. Like there are, I thought, Wade, you were going to say like there are some financial institutions that like, they don't allow like the username and password to be like copied from a password manager. Oh, that too. Password that manager that's like, hey, that bugs me let so me much. fill this password <laughs> in for you. It's like, no, the fact like, no, you have to like, you have to type it out. Over, and it's like, guess what happens to the strength of your passwords then? So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. Well, on that, I guess we won't make it all the way through the Kaspersky article, but there was only one more thing. Yeah, in there one anyways, more. All right, let's so. do one more. Uh, advancing, advancing privacy, privacy through, through the rise of it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this, again, this is the painfully self-aware AI that wrote this. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. thinks it's really important. <laughs> it's just <laughs> the AI that wrote this thinks AI it's very, very important. important. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of agree with this, but I also, I think we're still in a theoretical attack phase for all of this. Yeah. Like, it that no one has demonstrated a real impact of privacy or security impact of this. Like there's, there's an interesting like research proof of concept of disclosing AI training data. And there's the whole ethical debate about what AI should be trained on. We've talked about that, but like to my knowledge, and I'm sure we'll talk about it on the show. So stay yeah. tuned. There's no record of a privacy concern or a privacy like impact that's been demonstrated real world from AI, right? Well, not yet, but there are there are a lot of I see this this growing. I actually dealt with this today as like just uh you know vendors that are just sort of like, hey, if 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 you have problems configuring this, we found that ChatGPT is really good at writing this for you. And I'm like, no, 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 don't start encouraging customers to you to how reach out to ChatGPT for help writing queries default for, configs writing configs for their uh for their their security that, products like no you if just, you're gonna uh, use yeah. ai it needs to be self-contained and not just a oh mm -hmm. um i i'm having uh, this is generating errors let me put this in chat gpt because that's what the support team says so that's where i think ai is going to start running into a problem if you go i don't know how to do this so yeah let me let me configure let me ask chat gpt for configuration then you start taking information that way I think it was at CES that that uh, AI handheld questionnaire. Like, did anybody else see that? Like, it didn't have a scroll wheel. It had like a tumbler. I can't remember what it's called, but it's like an AI personal assistant. It's made by some Chinese company. It looks like a straight up Pokedex from Pokemon. And all it all you all it is is it's not a phone. It's not anything else. It literally just connects to their AI in order for you to ask. I it use questions a magic eight ball. <laughs> Of course you do. Where is it on your wall? Prove it. <laughs> Go get it. It's, all, it's, it's, it's in front of the camera because it's so important. He always has it ready to go. Right there. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're out of time. I mean, there's so many more comments I would talk about, but we're out of time. Thanks, everyone, for, uh, for coming. Um, yeah, we'll be around. See you next week. <laughs>